Welcome to Trying Days of the Journey, Conversations with Chris Milligan. I am Bruce Tatoros, and with us today is me discussing my book, God, School, 9-11, and JFK, The Lies That Are Killing Us and the Truth That Sets Us Free. Howdy, Chris. Well, good morning, Bruce. Glad to have you on here. You know, I really, I really like books and and I want to see a, uh, a better world for our, uh, for our chillings. You know, there was, when I first started talking in the 70s, there was very few people that I could even have a discussion with, okay? Most people, I would bring it up and they'd go to the other side of the street. My main thing was CIA drugs and was, was in that. And the first people I, I really found that I could talk to were uh, people that had a, a, a wide view. Uh, their job just allowed them to see many different directions. Then I found the people that had children to be the most, you know, wanting to do something. Because that's, that's uh, you know, kind of the basic dynamic is, you know, they send us off to school and, and church and all, all, all this stuff. Then uh, at some point in time, we discover that, well, gee, maybe uh, there's, there's something uh, different uh, out there. Part of the dynamic is that, you know, once people get introduced to this stuff, one of the first things is, well, if this is true, then this means all this other stuff that these people have been saying is true. It doesn't work like that, but that's a, that's a dynamic that I, I, I've seen happen over and over and over again. Now, your basic uh, awareness, uh, you know, started uh, with 9-11 when you started to look into 9-11. And I find that very, uh, there's quite a few people that, that 9-11 uh, said, hey, wait a minute, you know, uh, something is going on here. So, uh, you know, explain your journey a little bit. Well, that was exactly right. It was in uh, 2004 when someone said persuasively to me, and then we chatted about it, about 9-11 is not what the official story says. And that was a little head spinning. But when I started looking into it in 2004, after, and every spare moment, uh, getting books, David Ray Griffin's, The New Pearl Harbor, and anything else I could find, because I, I, I love to research, I love to read, and then in two, by 2005, 2006, I was galvanized even more when I really comprehended what the Federal Reserve is. So that went on and on and on and on and on. Uh, and it was just personal research because I had already written what I wanted about consciousness and the nature of reality. And then in 2014, I got the, I started thinking, wow, I, maybe what if I put these together as problems solved by the truth of our nature and the quote unquote truth of these things and got excited about framing the kind of book that I brought to you last year. And it's, uh, as you said, it's been a profound journey to reorient so much of one's life as I bumped into more and more premises, personal premises, habits, beliefs, where, well, wait a minute, if, if this is so-called reality of how the, the government works and society works and the powers that be work, it made moot what, what one could imagine. Well, these are my career goals in a society, you know, if there's so much that's 
pony in so many ways that were being played. It's a very, very rocky, rocky, bumpy journey to get to get reoriented, to get new sea legs uh, and to overcome the seasickness of, wow, you know, I guess like Dorothy plopping down in Oz after the hell of that tornado ride, that tornado ride, that's the journey when someone discovers quote unquote things behind the scenes. It's a nauseating tornado ride until you get a you get a whole new orientation, you know, yes. and um, that's how and I, I, I was real lucky in that, you know, I had my daddy tell me some stuff when I was uh, 19, basically, you know, I, I didn't understand what he had to say. And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really believe it, for, especially the stuff about, you know, communism's all a sham, these same secret societies. It's all it's all a game. And, you know, it just took me years and years to to uh, uh, to get through that until finally, I, you know, I came across Anthony Sutton's book and it, it and it started. Oh, so that that makes some sense of what my dad says. He's not just a, a crazy guy or, 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 you know, I mean, it really I didn't think he was crazy, but it just it didn't compute. I, I just couldn't it, it just couldn't make any sense. You know, that's one reason why I named it the journey, because again like i say i was so lucky in that i got to take this journey over years and uh, uh, you know you'd come to you know different realizations at times as oh well gosh these, these people kill people and, and and different things you know but now i i watch people having to go through it very very rapidly okay and and, and one thing i found i know you found this uh, fairly frustrating because generally i don't "Quote unquote," uh, sit on my authors and 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 edit them uh, fairly fairly hard, and I did. I edited you fairly hard because we're we're in a situation right now where the dynamic you've got multiple players out there, just multiple players out there, and with the release in March of 2017 of all the "quote unquote" CIA spy tools, you've got a lot more people on that playing field with a lot more agendas spewing a lot more mis and disinformation, okay, to get people into groups, okay? So, I mean, that was one of the first things that, and it just completely blew my mind, you know, I, I said, okay, take me to your conspiracy section. And I, I went to religious bookstores, you know, Catholic bookstores, feminist bookstores, every bookstore I could find, and they all had at least one, you know, they were blaming it all on this group, blaming it all on that, that group. And, you know, it, it's part of a modified limited hangout. It's also part of just the confusion that, that happens when, you know, people, they, they come across something and say, okay, well, this is true. And so I'm going to base things on this. And it's, it's you know, well, I, I would try and tell people for years that conspiracy theory is just really a minefield full well, of uh, things to a lot of it to, to, to make you go over the edge. Okay. So that you become marginalized. If I pouted or pushed back, I hope it was to a minuscule degree to the extent that I trusted what you would do with my book. And we had, I, I don't think we had more than a couple of conversations questioning why did that, what it, right? We, it, it went pretty, yeah. Oh, no, no, it went it, real it, well, I thought. Um, yeah, yeah. Since then, sending the final book as you had finished editing it out, I've gotten 
great review after great review. And I created, you know, brucetatoris.com and the homepage is nothing but a long list of such great reviews. And typically there are two or three paragraphs saying, Chris, dream come true kind of stuff about the book. I, uh, when I saw what, you know, the final version that you had sent back to me, the only thing I told you, I said, thank you, you know, for, for the edits. And I've still got folks reading it and sending me great reviews about it. And the bottom line for people listening is people are saying, and this was my hope, that it would be a great reference to refresh people who are very knowledgeable about these things, but a really, really unsurpassed introduction. I gave you the best diamond I could present. Time and pressure trying to squeeze those sentences and not to say one unnecessary sentence. And I really think it's a it's a very, very sharp tool to, to, to accomplish all of the above. It, it's it's not about orthodoxy. It, it's 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 about you know looking at the dynamic and, and trying to understand it and then. Uh, I had a discussion with my uh, son last night, and and he was talking about uh, anarchy and, and and stuff like this, and and kind of a social anarchy. And I was telling him, you know, there's no reason to to spend your time trying to think up other forms of government. Uh, our our founding fathers uh, went through quite a lot of hell, okay, uh, for generations to understand. Uh, about a republic with, with democratic uh, institutions. The people in the shadows do not like republics with democratic institutions. They would much rather have, you know, a, a strong man that they could manipulate. And part of our discussion led to the fact that if, if you read the, the initial Bill of Rights, there was actually more than 10. And some of them didn't get uh, authorized or whatever. And one of them states that there should be, in, in the House of Representatives, there should be one for every 30,000 people. And if we had one for every 30,000 people, there'd be way more than 1,000 representatives here in Congress and would make us a much more democratic uh, society and it'd be harder to manipulate, you know. And the only reason that there's 535 people there is because of the size of the building. And it's an absolutely uh, ridiculous uh, standpoint. And I, I, I'm just very, very hopeful because, mm -hmm. you know, when, when the internet first started in the late 80s, my, my first uh, thing was to take books, America's Secret Establishment, put them on my scanner and put them, put them out there on, on, on the web, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Because by getting this information out, it makes the people in the shadows, it gives them less options. I'm going to report to you some great news. The most of the podcasts I've been on have been folks a little younger than me, sometimes 20 years younger than me. And they lean in when I share what I can share. I'm hopeful based on the metaphysics. And I'll talk about that in a second, because I think it's a, it's an important part of my book. But Chris, the good news is there are tons of young folks out there who are wide open. They do fit your profile of, they seem to believe everything to give you equal validity to every theory out there under the sun. And I asked them, what's that based on? Well, I heard it on another thing and I heard it on another thing. And I talk about the scholarship and talk about before I claim that I believe such and such, I love positioning ourselves as jurors who are listening to this case in this case. And we get to make a verdict when it 
reaches our threshold of conviction beyond a reasonable doubt. And the point I'm making to these young folks is, and, and they confess it and they go, yeah, I don't, I don't know nearly enough about it, this, that, and anything. But the point is there's a fertile passion for the quote unquote truth, Chris. Yeah. And the, the greatest hope I have, and I want to make this point because we're, we're not going to go forever here uh, on the podcast, is the metaphysics and how that lines up with how you describe the value of what the founders created. Because what they created works when there's a population of literate folks who participate in picking the right representatives and riding herd on them to make sure that they work for us and not special interests. And how to create those kind of human beings is a huge message inside my book about thinking for ourselves. What is a human being and how does a human being naturally learn? This is covered in the school chapter where I describe what I can at my age, almost 60 years old, uh, about humans learning naturally by, by being driven by natural curiosity and the importance of reading and literature in order to be able to think well, and especially the importance of history to know, as the founders bent over backwards to teach, the nature of government is to slowly be usurped by uh, cliques, factions, and if not the rich as a broad you know, catch all how and to appreciate, uh, you know, there's a there's a chapter called a brief history of the United States um, that that reviews what Chris was just what you just talked about, the immense, the hidden now value of what the founders were trying to do. And hopefully I fairly evaluate their their flaws, slavery, this that, and the other thing. I talked a lot about rights and you pointed out a lot about duties and obligations of citizenry and the fine balance that that is and the great opportunity is. Um, as humans on this planet, because at the end of the day, like you often point out, we do want what John F. Kennedy uh, observed. We do want, you know, we want a nice future for our children. We all breathe the same air. We're all on the same planet. I'll give the baton back to you after making this point about the bell curve. I love the bell curve as a model for humanity. The vast majority of us, maybe just go along. You know, life's pretty simple for us. We'll do what anybody, we'll do what every quote unquote, everybody does. Okay, if we all care about politics and elections, we all kind of do it. But if our country gets transformed to hate the Jews, for example, Nazi Germany, well, okay, and you have to start persecuting the Jews. Unfortunately, the vast majority of folks just go along. It's on the fringes you get these extremes of these great activists who really agitate for truth, and they'll sacrifice themselves for the love of humanity. They're, they're saint-like, okay? And they really inspire us. Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., et cetera, et cetera. On the other fringe, it's a fringe, it's a small percentage of psychopaths who have a lust for power and a pleasure for you know, masochistically exploiting societies, if not individuals. And it's these folks in the middle. Something will happen when enough of us know more about what happens in the shadows and how we're being played. Can I get an amen? Amen, yeah. The other thing I, I talk a lot about is, is generations, okay? The people on the shadows try and manipulate these uh, generations because they realize that uh, there's change that happens when, you know, generations uh, change over. It has to do with mesophysics. It has to do with like what uh, Kent Bain is saying about, you know, uh, the change, uh, the, the paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. And Kent generally, he gets very depressed and gets very sad because of the things that he, that he comes across and he, and he sees and he, and he says, well, gosh, these guys are just setting us up. 
Yeah, they are. They're, they're, and that's one thing that's always happening. They're always setting us up one way or the other. The way to get beyond that is just to, you know, for us to play our own game and to do and, and to create our own narrative. We've got a, a book coming out called Valediction, Three Nights of Desmond. And this is going to uh, create a whole, a whole new narrative about what has been happening and what can happen. Because a lot of times we are limited, you know, by what we think can happen. You know, like you expressed, these young people are, are, are questioning. And, and, you know, when the, the American Revolution happened, you know, it, it happened with basically, you know, 15, 20% of the population. Most of the rest were just, you know, sitting on the couch. And, yep. you know, Watching the battle go back and forth in front of them, yeah. Again, that, that is similar to the dynamic that's, that's going on now. And uh, it, it, it really, I pray really and hope for the best. And th there is, there is a God, as far as I'm concerned. And, and and then I'm I'm very much into math. And you've heard me say uh, zero equals two, and one plus one equals three. And from that come all things. I'm glad you you got to that point because the metaphysics I review in the book is simply the the old idea of this being something of an illusion that. God or love is the only thing that exists. Consciousness is the only thing that exists. And I do think I, I share that in such a way in the book that, and I try to live it and practice it because the, the joy and the power that it, that it gives me, that that's who and what we really are. So it, it, that's really what can set us free is this, the, the, that kind of stuff. Well, you know, school and, and religion, you know, they aren't bad things in themselves, okay? I mean, again, they're just like a gun is not a, a is not an evil thing. It, it's what people do with it. It's what Absolutely. people do with it's it. The, it's it's and, the intention, yeah. Right, right. And to imagine that there's only one that exists, a consciousness or a love, okay? And it's appearing to itself as separate people. It eradicates the idea of an other. Now, other people are real, but what they what they might be, and again, with what do we know for certain? I say this in my book, Chris. The only thing we know for certain is that you're here, and I'm here. Everything else is probabilities. But we shouldn't be shocked. We shouldn't be shocked no matter what happens. But the point to make about this oneness of existence is there is no competition. If we can embrace and experiment and play with the idea for a few days that what I do and think and feel about you, I do and think and feel about myself. I do to myself. Well, and, and, and then uh, there's the overview effect. Tell me about it. We're the first generation that's been able to see our planet from outer space. And just that fact of being able to see that blue ball makes you know drives home pretty fast that oh uh we aren't just this people here and there's people over there and there's people over there we're one people on one planet and so that is 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 driving some of the dynamic too i mean and it's a uh, and, and you mentioned children before people who have children care about this kind of stuff mm -hmm. you know because once we have kids we see how they gravitate toward each other. Again, it's the bell curve. Yeah, there's fringe, you know, extra loving kids or fringe extra, you know, mean or whatever. People can have little twists and maybe that's from souls and karma and all this other stuff. 
but the bulk of humanity just wants to roll on each other and play on each other and build together. And it's the, it's the societal and cultural or intentional schisms that are, are obsolete now, given the overview that we are one family on this ball, you know? Yep. And yep. Um, you get enthused about that often, about Court Kennedy talking about that. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting tired, guy. Well, that's why God made coffee. That's why the planet makes coffee. I, my my mama my mama tried to get me to drink coffee, and I didn't like the taste. And she told me, she says, "You're going to have to learn." And, You're going to have to. And she <laughs> fed me coffee candy, all kinds of things, and I, I I just don't drink it. I don't like it. I don't care. Fair for enough. It. Well, do what you got to do, Chris. Yeah. I smoke pot. There um, you go. <laughs> Hey, Bruce, it's been very good to have you on here, and I really appreciate your uh, uh, radio voice and, and helping us on the podcast, and uh, we've got a lot more work to do, so onward. Onward.